Welcome to the Confessions of a Loveaholic podcast. Join me, your host, Emmy Hernandez, on a journey where we help women heal and find soulmate love to help rewire their brain and nervous system so healthy love is on the radar and it feels like home instead of heartbreak. Whether you've found your soulmate or your journey is just beginning, we'll explore the energy healing practices like meditation, yoga, and have straight talk about toxic addictions. You deserve safe love. This is this is the hip hop advocate show with your man Figs. That our music and the rap. You know we represent Queen. She was raised down in Brooklyn. Mm. Tonight we go, we're going to Brooklyn tonight. Uh, you know what I'm saying next guest, Death Squad artist, BBC boot camp click affiliate. Mm. Yeah. Yo, this this brother man, he's a true MC. That's what we love. We love Yo. the true MCs. We love the, the the art of MCing. The bars, the bars. My man's got joints with Flushing's mayor. You know Royal Flush, Rock, aka Rest in Peace, Sean P. Big Daddy Kane. Mm. Big Daddy Kane. You know what I'm saying? Help the Skelter. Yo, the list goes on, man. A lot of legends, man. Yo. Dude. That, that, that goes to say a lot. We're rocking with a hip-hop advocate. Yo, Mike Hands with us tonight. What's up, brother? First of all, <laughs> there's a lot of homework been done. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, word? Like, you good? <laughs> when I do that? <laughs> he did. Um, two. We gonna we gonna fix the BBC and then we gonna get the BCC because that's Pornhub and we gonna, I ain't got no BBCs happening. My man said BBC. Oh, yeah, do that. You been watching too much porn. Yeah, yeah. no Pornhub. Yo, let me clear my my oh, history. Right. <laughs> clear that Google search. screen. Hey, yo, let me clear that history. Right. Hey, yo, my hair is flagrant. I ain't gonna lie. That was, oh man, that was like, a big go, pause. Just, just go to Google Fresh. Don't don't go to <laughs> nothing else. Yo, my guy. So we're gonna Might get find right. Lithuanian midgets, but what happened? <laughs> we're gonna get right into it, brother. Talk to me. Um, this is a long time coming. Um, we we had Rhino over here and Rhino. We we seen you. You guys were cool, and anything that Rhino does is hip hop. So we 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 heard your name throughout the industry already. But then we seen the connection, and we had to get you over here. Yo, how do you fall in love with hip-hop? The viewers need to know. Well, first and foremost, shout out Gorilla Grooves and all that. Mm-hmm. They always show mega love. Hella in it. Like, you, you ever have somebody you just enjoy getting interviewed by? Rhino would be that. Um, oh, fall in a, love with hip-hop. Yeah, that's a fun dude right be there. Be honest with you, I think I've been in deep, passionate like with hip-hop. Right? Mm. I fell in love with creative I fell in love with MC and I fell in love with writing. Um, the culture is sometimey and flaky. A hoe of some sorts, right? Like, she fuck with everybody yeah, in some yeah. way, shape, fashion, or form. She has absolutely no loyalty at all. But we have an understanding. And through that understanding, I've been able to feed my kids. I've been able to see this world in places I might not have never gone. Um, I get to... 
you know, I'm a, I'm a mental health advocate. I, I work in that space. That's what I do, you know, 80 hours out the, out the week. So hip hop was my therapy. Hip hop was, mm. wasn't, it wasn't even like a choice. It had became a necessity for me because it gave me a voice louder than the one I had. And it was bigger than the things I was, I was going through. So, um, I think my love of hip hop might not be what everyone else's is. I think my love of hip hop is more so from, uh, caregiver standpoint. Like I feel like hip hop took care of me, mm-hmm. and I think from from that version, you know, yeah, you know, your mom's a hoe. It's cool, but she never let you go hungry. Never left you outside, and and never changed the locks on you. You know what I mean? But that's about it. I understand it has to be a detached relationship because if not, I'd be really upset with how people handle her. Mm-hmm. I'd be out here trying to kill everybody that rhyme funny. Or like Sean would say that we're weird sneakers and try to rap, you know? Um, so I can't take it that personal. I take the culture personal. You know what I'm saying? Like the culture of hip hop, not as much the art of. The art of is just, that's very anecdotal. That's just mine, my version. But overall, nah. I don't really get into those conversations, but I love the culture. So, yeah. And when would you say that you got it, really got into it, started rhyming? I started rhyming. All right, so my first deal situation happened in the sixth grade, right? I was a singer. I sang before I could rhyme. And I was in a boy group. That's back when, uh, all right, we grown. Back when the boys, <laughs> the boys, you know, down my heart and all that was going on. So we was in a group called Visions, me and a couple of my, my, my god brother and a couple of friends. And my god brother's mother, boyfriend, Seville. Shout out Seville. Yo, he thought he was Michael Jackson pops. So he had us every Saturday going to vocal training. And, you know, after after we finished our homework, we had to put an hour in every day. And, you know, we was tearing my, my god brother and mother house up, like moving the furniture and all that. But, you know, we got to do some things and we got a situation. So around the, around the eighth grade, there was a clause in our situation. If our collective grade point average dropped below a certain, it would kill the deal. And ironically, you always got that one friend that you're absolutely loyal to, but he is not the talent. Mm-hmm. He know the steps, though. So it looked good out there, but turn his mic all the way down. Right. <laughs> and. But but that's my that's our brother. Like we're not going to play ball without him. Even though he missed every shot, he coming. Like you already know, that's the five, and um, he's the one that kind of tanked and pulled all our averages down. Gotcha. So what ha- yeah, right. So what happens is moving forward, my man Aaron Vera and my other man Chris Marshall. Shout out Aaron and Chris. They was like, "Yo, we starting a rap group. You gonna rap?" I'm like, "I do not rap." I sing. Now, if you want me to do choruses, I didn't even know what hooks were called. I'm like, if you want me to do choruses for you, I can do choruses, but I'm not rapping. Nah, you going to rap. Come on. And we went to Chris Marshall House on Fort Hamilton Army Base that that evening after after school, went straight over there. And they taught me to rap. And they they helped me write my first verse. And upstairs, we downstairs desecrating hip-hop. Like, we sound terrible. But upstairs... You could hear chaos and mass confusion, which was his older brother and who went on to his older brother, Dre and Lee, who went on to become babyface chaos from the Bush babies. Right. Wow. So they're upstairs rapping for real. And we downstairs trying to 
fucking around. Trying yeah, to, trying, trying to, to figure it out. Trying right? to catch up. So um, <laughs> eventually we got that first rap done. We ain't never did not no shows. We robbed the studio. There's a lot of hijinks that went around with that. But that's how I started. And after that, I just I just kind of fell in love with it and kept going. Like I fell in love with that. that like I said, the creative. That creative yeah. part of it. Yeah, and the fact that I did it. Like, mm. wait a minute. Because when I was singing, I was singing covers and songs people gave you. But I did that. Like, it felt I'm different. saying what I wrote, you know? Yeah, it felt different. Yeah. You, were, you were really expressing yourself. Terrible fucking bars. Terrible rap. But... But it it, that you were letting loose when you were writing on that paper, like you were writing your own words, you know, your own feelings. Yeah, I mean, every now and then when I perform, I, I pull that verse out with the story and tell them about it. But yeah, that was like, it. You wrote a verse exp- telling that story, like no, I, I I actually spit that verse. Oh, your first yeah, rap, yeah. Oh, first you remember shit. it? Yeah, at least I remember the first like eight bars or how so. How it go? How it go? That shit was. It was called Unstoppable. It said, "I'm unstoppable." Can't you see? There ain't a nigga alive who completely defeat me. I'm bad like Michael, yet I'm iron like Tyson. All you MCs, watch out, because I'll be icing your tail. I send you home in the mail like a letter. I'm fly right now, but I'm constantly getting better. I recite like a knight on the field of doom. Seeking MCs like a heat-seeking harpoon, a renegade. And that's all I remember. But, Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's the first that's one. That's the 80s crazy, flow right man. there. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. And it was. It was like 88, 89. Ooh. It's impressive, though, man. Even though you can remember that from so far back. Ask me why. Don't know. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Ask me about something from three weeks ago. I'm lost. I got to I gotta write it in my phone. But from there to, like, mingling around with all the legends of hip-hop, like, that's a... Cr- that's crazy right there. How, how did that st- stuff for you? Well, what's funny is, I'll be honest with you, for the first two years, I sound like Babyface Chaos. Because at that time, fast forward about two years, now I'm, I'm doing it, that group gone. Now I'm still trying to figure out how to do it, right? Because I'm, I'm in it now. As Like they said, they were upstairs. So Lee grew up hanging out on the same army base that I ended up hanging out on for my whole um, junior high, early high school years. So, I remember when the Ambushed album, their first album, was literally on a CD, and the track list was typed like with a typewriter. It wasn't no printer. No, it was typed with a typewriter, and um, yeah, but, but yeah, exactly with the that that and. You had to put the strip of white out in there to correct it. Like, hold it, click. Um, I remember they came to the base with it. So now in my mind, they had just signed a warrant. I didn't even understand what that meant. But I just know that my friend got a record deal. Like, they about to come out with a record. So one night we at the base. He lived in Flatbush, the Bush Babies for obvious reasons. I lived in Flatbush. So at the time, I was about 15, 16, and he was about 17, 18. So I would normally would just go and come on my own. It's about nine, ten, ten at night or something, headed home. And he was like, yo, I'm leaving. Just hold up. And he walked with me, right? So we go as far as Atlantic Avenue, Barclay, on the R. And then I'll take the um, Q train or the D train home. And he will go to the number trains to go to his side of town. And um, on that train ride, he taught me three words I'll never forget. Diction, delivery, and um, diction, delivery, and cadence those are three words he taught me because he he started to come to you i heard i hear you rapping i'm like 
know, of course, you ain't excited for somebody you know that rap for real to hear you. I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm rapping. He was like, well, let me hear something. And I spit it. He was like, I don't believe you. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, I don't believe you. I'm like, what you mean? He said, yo, you got to live your rhyme. Like, I don't believe nothing you saying. Yeah. Right? And even though, I, I mean, I ain't have nothing to rap about. Like, I'm just putting words together. But still, like, he was just like, nah. That's when he taught me cadence, diction, and delivery. So the only reference I had was him, right? So next thing you know, for the next two years, all my raps is high-pitched and sounding like Chaos from the Bush Babies until I finally leveled into my own flow and my own voice. Yeah, word. Shit. That's crazy, fellas. Um, My man, Fix, you you always ask the one question about the name, how they got the name. Mike Hands. So as I mentioned earlier, my name off camera, my name originally was Real Thorough, right? And shit, if you want to go all the way back, it was Dr. Death in the fifth grade, right? D-R-D, right? Dr. Death. Then after that, I was in a group called Hidden Agenda. My name was Anonymous, and I really used to perform with a Jason mask hanging off the back of my jeans. Don't ask me about that. <laughs> um, like, I was Anonymous, but never put the mask shit. on. That was so wild, shit, right? Yeah. Um, so then, and actually, yeah, this is like 93, 92, performing at the Ark in Brooklyn and all that. Um, so then when I was about 21, 20, my man R.M. Desk, a.k.a. Private Benjamin, a.k.a. Kip Stachio, a.k.a. Justin Dot Credible. He had as many names as you at that point. The <laughs> fact that his name was Justin Last name Credible was the illest thing. For, this is before Kim Credible. Like, this was the illest thing ever. So I'm like, yo, I need one of those. Like, I need something like that. Or like, he was like, back then I was smoking. Yo, I need something like that. It's crazy right there. So how you get that? He need one of those. He was like, yeah, hold on. Give me a minute. He's smoking. He just went into, like, this trance. You know when somebody go up in the left side of their head, you think, thinking. You just see his eyes shoot over here. He's like, you say, yo, son. I'm like, what? He was like, yo, how about... Michael Handler. I'm like, the fuck that mean? He was like, nah, nah. Like, Mike Hands for sure. Mike Handler for sure. Microphone Handler. Mm, and I'm like, know. oh, it's not even like a name. It's like a description. Mm. He was like, yeah, Michael Handler. Microphone Handler. I'm like, all right. So the first song I wrote, the first hook I wrote with it was, you fucking with the microphone. Microphone Handler. Microphone Hand. Mr. Microphone Hand. Mr. Mr. Microphone. So that's kind of what I worked with. And then I'm like, yo, I could I could do this. So it started with Mike Handler. Then in 2014, I killed him. So if you look at the cover, the Dead Man Walking mixtape, mm-hmm. I'm sitting on the cover like this. And my, my vein is cut. And Mike Handler's bleeding out. So it was the death of Mike Handler, birth of Mike Hands. Oh and then I ran from there with Mike Hands. So you see the name on all the mixtapes after that change. Mm. So yeah, that was about six in. That was like the six one. Wow. That's, that's, dope. A dope, that's a dope flip right there. Yeah. Shout out Kip Stash, yo. More names than my man Figs. I got to tell you, I, like I said before, I was like, yo, I could picture an image of of you with actual mics as your hands. I'll holler at Scam. You heard that. Right, that's an ill yeah. fucking uh, image right there to yeah, put the, out. The artist in my life. Dude, all you got to do is conjure it. And they, between Scam 2, um, Christian over in, um, did they call him Confused Art over mm-hmm. in, in um, Germany. I have 
Rob Tillman here and my man Shay up in Canada. And I'm, I've been a graphic artist for almost 30 years, and I don't, if they willing to do the work, I don't touch nothing. Mm-hmm. Them boys are savages. Like, you just tell them what you're thinking, and they just spit it out like AI. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. If you well, already got somebody that's creative. But those, that's my arsenal, because <laughs> let me tell you the truth. With my graphic business, I'm about to let the cat out the bath. I don't do almost no work no more. When people hire me, Torture Nature Media Labs, I almost don't have to touch nothing because depending on the style you want, I show you our portfolio. My stuff is in there. And you're like, I want something like that. That tells me who to call. Whatever the number is, we got a set rate that we work at. Mm-hmm. They get paid off the top. The rest go back into the brand. We keep working. So I don't what's, even touch art. What's the name of that? What's the name Tortured of that? Nature Media Labs. Yeah. We'll put that in the bottom right there. Yeah, the whole concept behind it was, you know, We'll get into the mental health part of the conversation, but my trauma is the reason I do everything. And I don't mean trauma like there's anybody I can blame. I just think trauma is another word for impact. And most people lose that part. It has such a negative connotation to it that when you say trauma, it's an, it's an, act, it's an activity, action, or occurrence that impacts and changes the navigation of your path. Yeah. But we just automatically assume, just like when we hear mental health, we automatically assume it's negative. Yeah. Right. Mental health and physical health ain't really much different. When you go to the doctor, they don't always say you dying. They don't always say you messed up. They some majority of the time they're like you good. Just drink more water and or whatever. You don't see them again to the next checkup unless you got something going on. But when you say mental health, the first thing people think crazy, crazy illness, yeah. so Depression, on and so forth. Like and that. the truth is. Sometimes your mental health could be in a very good place. I'm good. I'm clear. I'm focused. I'm moving. Right? And and people don't leave room for that. So that um, Torture Nature, the name, came because most of my creativity comes when I go within my, inside myself because I'm retreating from the world. And I, I deliver work that way. So, you know, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, I kind of go inside and pull from inside. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely um uh mental health, man. It's very important, especially in our community, like you said. The first thing you mentioned mental health, they think it's crazy. Oh, you crazy. I wanna see a therapist. Oh, you crazy. I'm not crazy. I don't need to see a therapist, but life happens. Anything in life, you know what I'm saying? Dealing with a death, dealing with, you know, kids, dealing with a spouse, anything. First of all, I'm gonna tell you in the world that we live in, you better have a therapist somewhere. Yeah. I don't care if you call it your best friend, your girl, Somebody your uncle, your aunt, to. or a, a licensed therapist. And the reason I say that is forget what you got going on in your personal life. Let's talk about life we share. Go through your Instagram. Every free, every every three, four scrolls is traumatic. You seeing somebody get shot. Mm-hmm. You seeing somebody get ran over. Or you some somebody, BBCs. But but you seeing some BBCs. Some BBLs. Very, very, the BBL no, you seen the BBL fall off. <laughs> or or flipping her drawers or something. But wild. She, but she something just, just wow. Did you your ass some assaulted in your pants, right? So whatever it may be, you're hearing, seeing somebody missing Amber or something going on yeah, in chaos, between right? the funny memes that I don't know if you know, but it burns an impression in your mind. Yeah, yeah. And subconsciously you've seen that now. You might as well have been there. And now when you're looking at these shootings, I could tell you the same thing a witness that was standing next to the camera could tell you. Yeah. Why did I live that? I was not there. I technically shouldn't have been eligible to experience that. Yeah. But you've brought it in my home. Exactly. Right? So 
we experience trauma every time we turn this damn thing on. Yo. Not even meaning to. We just doing this and we're racking up these mental impressions, mental impressions, mental impressions. So now when we have a conversation, you might slip up and talk about an uh, uh, incident or occurrence, not even realizing that it just bled into one of your real occurrences with something that you've seen on here that's embedded. That Citizens app is horrible. I had to delete that. I took that off immediately. I had to delete that immediately. I had it for a couple days and I almost wasn't going to the store. Yo, I was like, yo, where where do I live in Gotham City? Like, what the the corner? Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Dead ass. What the fuck's going on? Dead ass. And and I come from another era. I come from an era where there was none of that. No, yeah, no pictures. The camera was every seventeen blocks. (laughs) You had a camera to ATM. In every seventeen blocks, all yeah, the they was broke. They was decoy cameras. Or yeah, plugged in nothing. Damn, you're right. You're right. We were just talking about that off air. Like yo, even going on trips, like everybody posting everything. Like you're not even enjoying the moment because you're you, you're a, you're a reporter. You're a reporter. Yeah, you you're the cameraman life. and the actor. Yeah, yeah. Look what I'm doing. Look at my life. Yeah, yeah my life is better than yours. And I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. Because when it first started, I was on it. I wanted, I used to be one of them, oh, son, that's my spaghetti. Click. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what am I really saying? You ain't got spaghetti? Like, what am I saying? Like, you should come here. They should be paying me. Like, what are we doing? You know what yeah. I mean? I, I think I remember you posting that. I'm like, yo, motherfuckers eating spaghetti. Now, and I mean the, sardines. Now, most <laughs> of the time, when I post food, it's because I made it. Right? Yeah. But that, and then we got a little hashtag. Me and a couple of my homeboys do men that cook. You know what I'm saying? And that's the hashtag. Men who cook. So. Men that cook? Men who cook. Men, well, yeah. Men who cook. So that's our little, you know, me, Prince Poe. Okay. My man, the producer, Freedom Lyles. Um, some of the other, the, the homeboys that I rock with that actually get in the kitchen, get busy. Um, that's our little thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we do that. But you outside, shorty. Banging, you got a plate in front of you. You here doing a full photo shoot with the food? <laughs> with the f- Wait, don't touch it. Don't touch it. And that's exactly places. how we go. But, oh. fellas, I wanted to get back a yeah, little more to the music side of, uh, of things. Let's do it. But um, to end that, mental illness, you said we definitely need somebody or something. Absolutely. And I think, and I think for us, and I can speak for myself, hip-hop has been that for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in situations where... Uh, a loved one has passed or uh, I've seen someone get shot, stabbed, and I'm, I'm listening to Grave Diggers. I'm listening to whoever, you know, I'm, at that moment, I'm popping something in, a CD or a tape, and I'm just listening, and I'm, and I'm curating myself. If we're going to get right to where you at, um, ironically, you speak of it, I, I, I'm fortunate and blessed enough to head up a committee within the mental health community called Healing Through Hip Hop. Yesterday, I just did uh, a, a panel at a conference, a workshop at a conference with my my team at NYU for the New York City Workers Peer Conference. Um, I had Cool Kim from the UMCs. I had Special Ed and I had Rockness come out to sit on my panel. And myself and some other certified mental health workers that are commit, you know, a part of the team do our presentation, and then we end it with a panel. Um, when I tell you it's a powerful situation, because most people don't understand the intersection between hip hop and mental health, like you just mentioned. Sometime as an, as a as a as someone that's a non participant, you're not a creative, right? And I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying someone who's you spoke from the perspective of a consumer, right? Right. right? Someone that can take this body of work and connect with it so crazy that it can literally speak 
to them and answer questions that they can't find because there's parallels and whatever the scenario, the top, the, the, the subject matter is that relates to your moment. Right. Right. And it helps you in those spaces like a, like a therapist. Right. Yeah. Um, as a writer, most of the trauma that happens and really bends people up is internalizing. They keep it to themselves. They keep it in and start to eat away at them. Oh, yeah. Until and they can't explodes. get it out. Right? Until it explodes. As an MC, I could write my problems. I, I mean, my father, my mother, whatever. You know, that's, I just said that because that's standard, right? But whatever the version, and I could put it on a beat that you love, mm. and I can stand in front of 10,000 people and scream my problems at the top of my lungs, and you're going to sing them back to me. It's amazing. That's you're not going to judge me. You're not going to make me feel shamed. You ain't going to make me feel less than. You're going to celebrate my issues. Yep. And relate to that. And the only reason you celebrate them and the, that you know the lyrics is because you related to them. So I found my village. The fan of that song are the people I know I could have this conversation with with the music off. Mm. Right? So I don't get to internalize. I get to yell it from the top of that proverbial mountain as loud as I could when they say scream in a pillow. Or, or go outside and just yell. I get to do that in front of a thousand people, and they appreciate the fact that I'm standing here after it to tell you about it. Wow! Right. So there's so many parallels, but we'll get into that another time. I have to have y'all on the panel. Y'all dope. Definitely, oh, works, definitely man. And speaking of that, you could, you know, one major artist that really succeeded in that, uh, you know, with interpersonal traumas and all that. Eminem. M too. Yeah. M, M, was the, M and X were the two. Ex, Most yeah, exposed DMX. artist I think I've ever heard in hip hop, and just open exposed. openly about open about their problems, you know, and you know, uh, you know, expressing it to everybody and everybody taking it and you know, regurgitating it, it right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A little too dark at times, though. I mean, but, but that was that, that was their I mean, truth. Yeah, and I mean, look, I never they, thought about killing look, my mother, and they or, were both <laughs> or putting your baby mother in the trunk, yeah, no, and <laughs> letting the car sink. But listen, <laughs> they were. Pop the pillow too. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> then come for the fan, right? But with that said, though, those happen to be two of the best selling artists amongst ever. So think about how dark they went because mm-hmm. you know hell is hot, right? Yeah, yeah. And how many people related? Mm-hmm. Fan people always forget what fan stands for. It's fanatic, right? A fanatic. Mm-hmm. So how many people are that? Enthusiastically dedicated to their 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 source topics. Clearly, these people relate. Nope. That's why you're my voice. You're saying what I'm too ashamed to say, mm. or I can't say. But if I say it over your beat, they don't know I'm screaming about. He said, "Yo, man, think you stupid." Be like, "So I love my baby mother. I never let her go." That shit hit me every fucking time Yo, I heard it. Now that you, it's so funny. I, I want to ask you guys a question. Was he going to Eminem on that right there? It sounded like he was. He made nah, that. I little, think that was a hood. That reference, was a made period. Up, uh, I think that was just a hood yeah. reference. You think? So? But yeah. when I tell you it hit me because you know I'm a step parent, yeah. you know, along the way, and at that time I was navigating that space before my biologicals got in play, right? So here I am. Yeah, I know it's not, but I don't treat them like they not. But my man's know they not. Though I still present them. Not like they not. So that shit always hit me. You dig mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, damn. And I do be like, so? 
I could fight though. But that used to be how I was. <laughs> but he ain't called Mike Cass for no reason. Yo, I was so yeah, infamous for that line, hands. apparently. My hands, but my point being, it it's it resonated because it hit so close, right? That damn wow, I, that's what made them so ill. Yep. Right. So relatable. Yeah, man. Like that real Slim Shady song was so much deeper than people thought about. Like everybody, who where's the other me at? Mm-hmm. That was actually what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, who's I presented like a song? Who really going through this? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about uh, you brought up a few greats, a few hip hop greats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to get back to the musical aspect. You got so many bodies of work, tons of awesome videos. Appreciate it. Um, and we want to know, we want to get, we want to know what made Mike Hands who he is, the influences that you had. Um, musically? Musically. And um, right now, I think it's time, fellas. I think it's about that time. About that time. Yo, it's time for the top five. You heard? Mike Hands. Greatest, greatest of all time. Check it out, y'all. Giving y'all the best. I feel a little something like this. Boom. Chaos from the Bush Babies, clearly. I told y'all how that part worked. There's no way I'd have got past that without that point. Then there's Big Daddy Kane. Mm. Um, what was that? You, you, you did a song with Big Daddy I Kane. I did. But I had a cheat code. So mm. What's the cheat code? It's family. <laughs> so, ah. like, um, my cousins... Are his first cousins. Okay. So I notice I make that that difference, you know, that that separation because on one side of the family is me, on the other side of the family is them. Mm-hmm. But it was always love, right? Me and Shane were, you know, because we were younger, and then Kane, Vic, Vern, all of them was doing anything. So being able to be exposed to the family environments and the Chavez fights, we used to go to his pops crib and all that. And the Chavez uh, fights. Yeah, that's back when he was on 179th and Hillside in Queens, in case y'all want to fact check me. But um, one time we had a cipher there, because I was going to stop. I was frustrated. Like, this rap shit ain't, I, like, nothing was happening. I had no connections, no plugs, no nothing. Um, I didn't have nobody to get no beats from at the time. Like, I was just on some bullshit. But, so we went over there for the Chavez fight, and there ended up being a cipher in his backyard. Me, a cat named Lenny, who went on to become an Uncle Murder, um, Nap, oh, shit. Ray Bull. Um, Vic, um, who was spectacular, and Kane. So we all out in the back rhyming. Kane rhyme, he gets kicked out. Not fair. Fuck out of here. <laughs> right? You really got your yeah, points. Just fuck <laughs> out of here. You're showing off is what you're doing. So everybody else is rapping. Ends up becoming me and this kid, Nap, just going back and forth. Nap the homie, too. But anyway, long story short, when we left, I think I was 22, when we left, came, I'm in the car with Vic and them, his cousins, and he tapped on the back window like, yo, yo, Chris, how old are you? That's my given name, Chris. Yo, Chris, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 22. He was like, yo, don't stop. You got something. So that uh, made me, because remember, like I told you, I, was, I wasn't I was going to do this no more. Like, I just was, fuck it. And when he said that, it was like, well, if you said that, then. <laughs> Right, information. Yeah. Needed. So there was that. Then um, Sean Price. Yeah, Sean P. Um, meantime, I'm still going on. Like, of course, this is like my inspirations didn't just happen when I was younger. You know what I mean? Like in it, they they were happening as I was going. Mm-hmm. And people that might have been in them slots didn't have as many personal uh, moments that 
made someone else shift. Like the other ones were just general fan inspiration. Then you start to get more intimate friend inspiration that are more tangible, right? And one day I did this freestyle called Right Where You Stand over the Guru and Jadakiss joint. And I did a little video for it, dropped it, put it on Twitter and all that stuff. And I get a phone call. Hey, yo, Slum, what's up? And I'm like, yeah, who this? He was like, it's Sean. I'm like, Sean who? <laughs> it's P, nigga. Yo, I'm like, oh, yo, what up? Now, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck you got my number, but I'm sure Rock <laughs> gave it to him. He like, yo, that shit you just had on the timeline? Yo, that shit fire. You spit a body on that. Yo, remember that beat you sent me? Send it back. Let me do something. <laughs> now, I said I forgot I sent him a beat. That's how he dubbed it. He dubbed the beat for Wild Long, wow. and I forgot it. I didn't even know what beat he was talking about. I had to go back in the email. I'm like, yo, what's your email again? And search it. Oh, shit. So I sent it back, and that became Stay Giving It Up, that record. Mm. And when we were doing the record, he in the studio, he was like, yo, I know it took me a long time to do this, but. I ain't gonna front you wild cool. And it's hard to be friends with whack niggas, so I had to see what you was he dealing with. It, he had to see it firsthand. He was like, it's hard to be friends with wack niggas, so you know. You know. Uh, sometimes yeah. it takes that, man. Yeah. You gotta, you know, you gotta impress, you know, yeah. whether you believe, you know, even if you don't feel like you don't need to, sometimes certain people, if you wanna work with them, they wanna see something different. Yeah. You know, they wanna, they wanna get that out of them. So now it was wild about that, that same session. So I'm a Decepticon, right? Clearly. And so are my boot camp family and some extended mm-hmm. family. Are you talking about the AllSpark a lot? We do that. We do that. Um, there's a lot of AllSpark references in the John references for sure. But he was like, yo, what legion you in? Tell your leader, call me. You with me now. So I became a trigger con that day. From where I was at, you got mm-hmm. traded. Yeah, he no, I got took. You got t- <laughs> so like all the they say the musical cons are always showing. So it was myself, Rock, um, Quiet's kept, uh, Just Blaze, Pumpkinhead, so rest in peace, rest in peace. All man. of us are, were trigger cons. So, were well, are. I was feeling. I know you got a few joints with him, but there's one you got a video where uh, you there's a real funny shit. concept where. You're like, yo, I want a feature. Yeah. You just end up showing that it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was um, conceit. Conceit is the video. That's a great uh, creative concept right there. That's something we did on the spot, too. We didn't know what we were going to do. We had, um, shout out all to Beats. We had our, the cats that did it are from France. Mm-hmm. And they have, shoot out, um, shout out Bobby Sixkiller. He shot the video. And um, he shot about four videos for me while he was here that they produced. And we just went and picked Sean up. And figured it out on the ride to the mm. crib. She just went for it. On the spot. Yeah. Ain't, right, sometimes so. ain't that like the best shit though? Like that kind of stuff, like just like spontaneous. And uh, it, especially when it comes, when it gets executed right, uh, sometimes it turns out to be the best shit. How many did I give you? That's uh, your was that three? Big one? Daddy Kane. Uh, what was your man's name? So it's Kane, Chaos, Sean. Sean. Um, <laughs> Definitely G rap. Mm. I mean, on the queen for sure. 
was it was definitely G Rap. Corolla. Um, who of course I went on to become really good good friends with, but mm-hmm. I didn't know him back today. Was oh, it? Word, yeah, it is. Shoot him a text. Say, yeah, like he, he I, we just did something. Me, him, and and uh, Rock him. We just did a show up in in Pittsburgh on fifth, the May fifth. So it was good seeing him. But G Rap for sure. Then there was Tretch, uh, no who also that. went on to become a good friend and collaborator. Like his speed and tongue twisting is kind of where I caught up with him at. Like him, and honestly, I know this might be borderline, but I'm going to tuck him in the same frame between him and Chip Fu. Because right now I'm just reading my bio. Those two, because of the speed, I just mm-hmm. thought this before Jay and and I was I wasn't really paying attention to Jazzo. That's my man too. But I wasn't really paying attention to Jazzo and what Jay were doing as much as I was Chip Fu. I just thought of the weight. I'm like, how do you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I, how do you speed it up? Yeah, like, like and and I can understand what you're saying though, right? So it took a while. Then of course I attached myself to Jay Energy when he was doing it, but in jazz. But those were the ones that I want to say before I even was really on. They were on my radar. I was locked in on them. Mm. That's that top five right there. Yeah, Y'all heard top it right five. Here. Top five, Mike Hans. And so, quietly, man, I, I do have a, a bench warmer. Then I'm, that's not no less than any of them. But there, there was a female in there too, which would have been Latifah. Latifah, Word. Queen Latifah. Ooh, yeah. You and I, T.Y., baby. Nah, uh, Who you calling had, a bitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she had um, <laughs> Latifah's had it up to here, had me out of here. Like I must have rhymed a thousand times on that fucking beat. <laughs> I bought this, the 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 four ninety nine vinyl. Ooh. It was going hard because the instrumental used to be on the back. Instrumental, yes, yes. That's why we used to get the singles. Yeah. But instrumentals. That's right. And I had a, a Gemini fifteen second sample. I was terrible. <laughs> I ruined a lot of records. <laughs> oh, Yo, Mike. So um, we've been uh, anticipating you coming over here. We've been doing our homework, listening to your to your albums. Uh, me personally, I've been scoping your social media, checking to see what you've been up to. You know, snooping a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Some stalker shit. Hey, stalker shit. shit. I got you. I'm watching. So, um, uh, you know, I got a few pictures over here, okay. and we want the viewers to see them, and we just want you to explain what you're doing. Okay. And this is called Searching for Mike Hand. Oh, word. Shout out, Kiss. All right, so... My partner, um, Peter, um, we have a brand called Sneakerhead mm. that I partnered on with him for some time. Now he's kind of, you know, they doing what they doing and I got some other things going on. But I did a lot of technical design with him during the era that I was there. That jacket Jada's wearing is one of the jackets that I designed. Oh, shit. And we had a store that we opened up briefly on Canal Street and Broadway. And Jada came to do an in-store and pick up some some goods from us. And he was trying on one of the pieces we gave him, and that's when we shot that. I think I did that leather, too. I think I did the leather. I thought you had the same picture up. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did that leather? The one you were wearing? Yeah, that's the sneaker head. No, no, that's the leather I did for, um, that's the that's the um, Death Squad leather. Oh. So man. I did the toy jackets for them, too. Oh, nice. Oh, man. You got your hands in a lot of well, different places. Well, we'll get into that, but that's what I did from 9 to 5. Was I was a menswear designer for quite some time. All right, the next one is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like I said before, talk ah, about it, man. Yeah, talk yeah, yeah, yeah. It. So that was from the conceit, the conceit video, and um, Sean, you know, was bugging because he thought he seen me in the the shower when he was trying to wash up, 
But <laughs> he left. He left like bugging. Like I know I'm I'm tripping, and so he went to go get something out the fridge. But when he closed the fridge, the door I popped up behind the fridge. Official, <laughs> official man. So stay like giving I, it up. You ain't gonna dub me. Like I said, I, I like the concept. It's, it's a funny one. Yeah, but it was crazy when he spun it on me. <laughs> he turned around and flipped it. All right, the next one you really gotta elaborate on this one because there's a lot of things going on. That was actually so salute validated magazine. Um, which I was a part of back then, but I wish them all well. My man Eno's still over there. Salute, real. Um, so they did the photo shoot for my signing to to Death Squad. So if you remember, speaking of M, the when Eminem when fifty when they signed fifty, they did a shot with on the cover of Double XL with Dre and M and Fifty yeah, sitting in the front. So I wanted to do my rendition of that for my interview. So. I wanted to shoot with Eric, you know, to announce that I had signed the Death Squad. But I didn't realize all the in-house producers were going to be there. So with that, there's Rock Wilder. There was Sean Price. I mean, pardon me. Rest in peace, Sean. I hear you. But it was um, Rock Wilder, Eric Sermon, and Ty Fife. So instead of just doing it with E, it's like, yo, let's line the hallway with all of them and do that. And that was the, that's actually a cover shot for that issue. Dope. That's heavy. That's heavy right there, man. And there's a portrait, an uh, oil portrait of it. Right. NFT style. NFTs. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Nifta. <laughs> another one. There's a lot of things going on over here. Talk okay, about it. so your left, that's man. a sneak ahead. That's a sneak ahead um, jacket that I have on and hat. That's uh, that's the property of them recording, them recording, them recording. So this is my partner, Innocent, that owned them with me. That was one of our first signees, Jux Diamonds. And we had just dropped a project, and we went up to promote it on um, Premiere Show. On, so we're up at Sirius X, um, XM for that with Premiere. Show with the legend himself. Yeah, man. live from headquarters. Must have been a fun night, right? Yeah, yeah, it's always dope when you get to see it. And it happened to be Gangstar's um, anniversary that night. So when we went down, Primo went and gave us all Gangstar merch. Out the car, so that was love. Mm. Damn, Premier cool. always show love whenever we drop something. He definitely uh, Premier says it's hot. You ever got any beats from? You know, I always, I always forget. Goose, I have from none. Uh, from Mass. Yeah, I always Boston. yeah, I always forget that. Primo, I need joints, man. <laughs> Primo's from Houston. Yeah, originally from Houston. Uh, my last one, crazy uh, man. You, you peeped it already? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he took us that peep. night. All right, so there's a bit of backstory on that. So that particular night, we're in Brooklyn. Um, Meg Thee Stallion performed that night. Flex, it was a flex event that happened. Waka popped out on a humble. Nobody knew Waka was going to be there. He wasn't on the bill. Crushed him, though. But mm-hmm. to go further, the reason me and Waka have the relationship you can tell we have is because I used to work for, for Deb Anthony, his mom's, oh, right? So I used to be here. one of the staff at Mazze. So I ended up being kind of the road manager for her. For Waka and for Rest in Peace Slim Duncan. So when they would, so she didn't always have to run back and forth to New York, right? Oh. When she did come to New York, my man Dapper, slight um, shout out Dapper, would pick her up at the airport, come to my house, grab me, and then we would go take all the meetings. But she put me in place so that way when she couldn't make it, Dapper would pick up Waka and and Slim or whoever it was, and I would run on to do radio or we had to shoot. We shot a video with D Block, so we had to go up to D Block to shoot the video with with. Kissing them, mm-hmm. then um, 
we had to go over. Remember Slow Bucks? We had to go over the Slow Bucks. Slow Bucks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shoot something over there. Then we went up to D Block. Um, so I was just here to do that kind of stuff. And it's sometimes when right it was stylings, I had to go pick up stuff from the different brands with them to take them to pick their stuff up. Sometimes I had um, French Montana with me because he was with Walker Heavy. So that was, a, you know, I didn't, oh, I'm not always on this side of the business. I do a lot off mic too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. You're, you're saying like you're always in the right place at the right time, man. I was. I got let go though because I rhymed. <laughs> um, I was at Dev Crib and we was having a Sunday uh, Sunday meal, and she called me upstairs and she was, you know, pretty much was like, "I hear you rap." I'm like, yeah, she was like, "Kind of good at it too." I was like, "Yeah," she said, "You might want to pursue that because I don't really know how to do both, right?" So she didn't want to hold you back. Well, she felt like I think she felt without saying it like it was kind of a conflict of interest, like you know what I mean. And yeah, maybe she didn't know how to do the divide, or she didn't understand how that could successfully be done. Meantime, I I was very much left hand, right hand. When I that, this was work for me, so when I'm at work, I rap. When I'm not at work, you know what I mean. And at the time, walking them did a style of music I don't do anyway. So it wasn't a conflict for me. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But I understood and respected. I just spoke to Deb. Not too long ago, so shout out Deb Anthony. I'm gonna check her next time I get to Atlanta. I always check in on Walker. He always show love. He actually had a doctor for me that he wanted me to check out when he first found out about my kidney. Oh, okay, that's love. Yeah, he's man. into the whole like holistic and yeah. But we got into some we got into some some action when I first went down there. There's a video online with uh the bowling alley got tossed up. Um, Cat yeah. Williams was you gotta there. Yeah, throw some hands. Yeah, and it's funny like. <laughs> one time that night we was driving up to D Block. He's in one SUV. We in another SUV next to him. We get to the toll booth. We're like, "Yo, hands." I'm like, "What? Is that why I fuck with you, God? Hands put hands on niggas." So that that was that was his thing. But um, like it was it was love, man. Like I didn't. It was my first time down there. First gig with them. Uh, there's a Ludacris does a bowling party. Everybody there. Cat Williams. Um, Call Payne from from uh, Martin, like it was packed. Luda, everybody was in there. Him and and Bo Dill got, I think it was Bo Dill, got into something, and the whole shit went left. Oh shit! And when you don't know, like I'm first time down here, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know phone. nobody. I don't know who's who. So whoever was moving weird, I just got close to moms. Like whoever was moving weird, <laughs> catch Fuck a bomb. That. Like I don't know what to do. Like, no, my. Everybody, yeah, was, everybody was getting it. <laughs> that right funny because when they for Mike hands, look, when they them. finally got us out, <laughs> Walker like, "Yo, hands, you good?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good." He said, "Yo, where they put my chicken sandwich?" I'll yeah. never forget that. That was hilarious <laughs> to me. You ever found it? I don't know. I was, I was get me the hell out of here. I don't know what happened. So I went to my rental, and I went put that shit in the GPS and went back to the hotel. Because oh, we had the um, shout out uh, Machine Gun Kelly. We had the Walker and Machine Gun Machine Gun Kelly video shoot the next day. Mm. So we had a lot going on there. Shit, wouldn't think a little dude from Brooklyn was doing all that. Wow, there's a lot, man. You got a lot of stories. Yeah, it's weird being out here. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised some of the things you find yourself into. Like, I have no clue how this happened. Just go with it. Shit. All I know is that my man Arup has been doing a lot of research on, on your lyrics and okay. running back the tape. Okay. And, um, you know, we got a lot more stores. So we got so much shit that we're going to have to cut it. I love Part it. two, right? Come back. Yeah, man. Come yeah. Back. Be back, y'all. Stay tuned. Yeah. Acclaim is critical. Though this game is getting. 
check my peripheral vision, the monitor, these criminals. my stated decisions and switch up all my rituals. Taylor making provisions in cases you should get difficult. Hailers and bangers. I'm talking balls like planes and hangers. I'm running with clicks and strangers that get stranger when they anger. My people by traffic. They harness heat like solar optics. They radiate in the medieval with thunder in their pockets. This paper's the topic. Movements become as microscopic as any virus that enters your system. You can't stop it. Defying the logics of life, therefore defying gravity. Defying the proper procedure to